You are listening to the Compliance Conversations podcast by Healthicity. If you work in the healthcare industry, you know how crucial compliance is to your bottom line, your reputation, and the success of your organization as a whole. If this is your first time listening, welcome. A transcript of every Compliance Conversations episode can be found at www.healthicity.com resources, along with a ton of other thought leadership materials. You can add us to your RSS feed and iTunes, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Compliance Conversations. I'm CJ Wolf with Healthicity, and today's guest is Amy Brown. Hello, Amy. Hi, good to be here. Glad to have you. Amy is CEO and founder of Authentics, and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, that service, that offering, and how it might help in a compliance type of setting. But uh, Amy, before we get into that type of thing, we just love to talk to people and, and find out, you know, what brings you into the compliance space. We all come from these different backgrounds, right? Who grows up thinking they're going to be a compliance officer or work in compliance? My kids are like, Dad, what do you really do? And so. You know, it's kind of fun just to hear a little bit about your background, maybe how you ended up where you are right now. And then then we'll get into some more specifics about Authentics. That sounds great. I bet I have one of the most unique backgrounds as to how I got, and it'll be very strange for your listeners, how I ended up in compliance. But um, my background uh, from an education perspective is I actually got my master's in social work. Okay. Um, but I knew coming out of that program that my gifts were more at the macro systemic level than at the interpersonal social work level. So I went into state government and actually worked for two governors working on health policy uh, matters, particularly in the area of Medicaid. Okay. And then spent left state government and, and went into the private sector. And my my experience was predominantly in healthcare um, and in healthcare, predominantly the health insurance managed care space. Okay. I became, um, because of my, probably because of my social work background and my experience in, in state government, I really cared a lot about uh, vulnerable populations. And so I got involved with Medicare and Medicaid programs in the private sector uh, in addition to commercial insurance. And so my my career really um, was spent uh, for a large part learning how to manage highly regulated programs um, sure. and and became very, you know, um, aware of a high quality uh, quality program, quality management program, et cetera. I also spent about four years on a detour before starting Authentics, working in life sciences on the pharmaceutical space okay. and learned the compliance and regulatory landscape of FDA, uh, you know, yes. managing uh, big pharma. And so I have always played a role in, in compliance because I've been an operator, uh, in, in these highly regulated organizations. And so it just kind of came with the territory. Absolutely. You know, and your story though, unique is probably not too shocking because a lot of us just come from different backgrounds. I'm an MD by schooling, uh, similar a little bit. It sounds like to you, I, I, I wasn't passionate about direct one-on-one patient care. I loved administration. I got into that. Um, I also worked for an international medical device company, um, so I have a little uh, 
experience there. And so I think we probably have some commonality there and, and our listeners are coming from all sorts of different backgrounds. So thank you for sharing that. It sounds really interesting, you. Uh, your background, but we want to talk a little bit of today about your, your founding and, and leading Authentics. So tell us a little bit about um, what Authentics is um, and, you know, what is it, what's problem does it solve and why should compliance folks, you know, be listening to that? Sure. So you can think of Authentics as a conversational data platform. So in large healthcare organizations and even outside of healthcare, most organizations have some way of communicating with their customers. Right. And usually it's a combination of things like call centers, uh, as well as chats and emails. And so all of that really gets created and stored as unstructured data, right? conversational data. And as a healthcare operator, I became really close to that data source because my teams are the ones amassing all of this data. And so after listening um, you know, to these interactions, I realized that there were all kinds of insights within those conversations that could help organizations improve and do, and do better. And so Authentics was founded to help healthcare organizations listen to those conversations at scale to solve certain problems. And one of the problems that we help solve is compliance. Um, Most compliance organizations that don't leverage AI technology and technology like what Authentics brings to the table, they have some sort of, you know, quality program and it, it usually requires human listening to these conversations for things like HIPAA compliance, uh, informed consent, GDPR compliance, right. uh, sticking to a script, you know, all of these things that are important um, to, to, to organ- healthcare organizations. And what we do is that conversational data comes into our platform and uh, without human, uh, but instead using AI models, identifies compliance risk. Okay. And then those conversations that contain compliance risk are funneled for human uh, evaluation. So it essentially allows auditors and QA teams to much more efficiently leverage AI to find the conversational data that is most likely to contain high risk situations for the company so that they can understand the context around it by actually listening to the interaction or reading it if it's an email or chat. And then, you know, um, make changes because of it. We have a a workflow that allows leaders to be notified immediately um, when there is a non-compliant interaction so that they can train and coach uh, very quickly and responsively. That is fascinating. I just returned from a couple of weeks ago from the Healthcare Compliance Association's uh, major annual conference called, called the Compliance Institute in Phoenix. And AI and kind of these newer technologies was a pretty hot topic, right? Like, you know, compliance 1.0 is paper and pencil and spreadsheets and, you know, creating a paper policy manual, yada, yada. We left that years ago. You know, we're into compliance 2.0, where you're doing data analytics and those sorts of things. And maybe compliance 3.0 is more this artificial intelligence and AI that that you're talking about. Um, and, you know, we, we need to mature as compliance programs to use, like you're saying, and, and as a, as a, 
MD trained type of person. I'm like, data? Wait, there's a whole bunch of data there that we could mine and you know use and and use in a smart way to try to find risks, right? We want to rather than just humans always thinking, what are the risks? What does our data tell us about the risks? Is that the right? Am I understanding that right? Absolutely. Unstructured data, conversational data is so very insightful, but it is such a messy, messy data source. It's so unwieldy because it just exists in free form. right? Right. And so, and so what we're trying to do is say, Hey, the, the context of a conversation is, is very important to, for leaders to, to listen to and understand, but there are millions and millions of these conversations happening in the average sized, you know, healthcare organization. Right. So how do we more effectively turn unstructured data into some structured insights using AI? So, Hey, you know, there's a hundred thousand conversations in our platform from yesterday, but 20% of them contain some evidence of a compliance risk. And that evidence is around HIPAA or that evidence is around um, adverse events that might be reported by patients. And now we need humans to apply their value to really understanding deeper what's going on in that interaction and to use technology to make sense of that, to identify whether that's true risk or not so that they can have a concerted effort you know, leveraging the the limited resources that they have. That's really fascinating. And, um, you know, without sharing, obviously anything that's, that's confidential, could you maybe share an example of maybe like a HIPAA or a quality or whatever you think is an appropriate example to share of this kind of working and how it like goes from this unstructured data, you use your AI platform and then a human compliance officer, whoever take some sort of action on it. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to use the example of adverse events and it's, everybody will be able to relate to this. Um, When you're prescribed a medication, that manufacturer of the medication is required to report any knowledge of a patient that's experiencing a side effect, right? Even if that side effect is expected. Right. And pharmaceutical companies, uh, if you watch commercials on TV (laughs) in between your programs, you'll see, you know, drug commercials and they typically have a 1-800 number at the bottom. Right. Well, those companies are required to record those conversations and um, identify whether or not a patient is reporting an adverse event. And if they do report an adverse event, they're required to know that and to report it to the FDA. Right. They have deployed in many cases, um, you know, outsourced vendors to be their call centers. And there are hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of agents, right. That are taking these calls every day. And just as human nature, not every human always receives the training and the protocols in the same way, right. or the interpretations might be different. And so what our AI does is it identifies the potential presence of an adverse event in a conversation while also identifying whether or not it appears that that adverse event was identified by the agent on the other side of the phone and reported, or if it was missed, um, not identified. And that's what really matters to the FDA. You know, side effects are expected, 
But right. when, when a agent misses one, then that's when it becomes a non-compliance issue. Um, so our platform is designed to find that, to funnel those interactions where there, there is a evidence of non-compliance to humans employed at those organizations who, whose job it is to go track the, those down. Yeah. So, you know, a, a patient calls in, they never say, I am now reporting an adverse event. So that key word or phrase is not there. They're using some other sort of language. And I'm assuming the AI somehow picks up on keywords or it has some sort of algorithm or methodology to identify that. Can you share a little bit about that? Or Yes. And it actually, the way we've approached training our AI models is very different than, than the typical. So the typical uh, uh, model for training an AI algorithm is to use open source data. And, and in this case, a lot of medical terminology that exists on adverse events uh, to train a model. And the reality is, is that human beings, healthcare consumers don't talk like that. Right. Right. Exactly. They use, they use human words to describe right. their symptoms. And you're exactly right, CJ. Like no one calls and says, I'm calling to report an adverse event. That's right. not what happens in the real world. What happens in the real world is a patient's calling to talk to a nurse about their medication. And in the natural flow of the conversation, they mention, oh, I'm feeling really tired and I had a headache yesterday. Exactly. So the way we have trained our AI models, and all AI is trained by human beings, by the way, um, the way we've trained them is we have hired social workers, nurses, customer experience professionals that have worked in healthcare okay, and who are highly trained at identifying how human beings, consumers, non-trained, non-medical consumers talk about symptoms. And that is what has gone into training our models. So it's just okay. more accurate and more useful. So fascinating. I, so my mind is running a million miles right now. I'm also an educator and I'm thinking that would be even cool AI for training medical students and residents when patients are reporting symptoms and things. And I, I, I my mind is just going down all these other uh, thoughts, but I don't want to take you there. Uh, <laughs> Really, really fascinating. So that was a really good example. And I'm, I'm thinking, obviously, that would be a, a potential client in that scenario might be pharma, med device, industry. Um, are those appropriate clients? And are others like hospitals and doctor's offices? Like, wh who do you think are the right clients for this type of technology? Yes. So we work with health and hospital systems. We work with health insurance and insurance companies. Uh, and we work with pharmaceutical manufacturers, uh, and and really all of them have regulatory compliance issues. Um, on the health and hospital side, well, all of them have HIPAA requirements, right? Right. <laughs> um, all of them, if they are recording their interactions, have to disclose that they're recording the interactions, and so there's informed consent. Um, there is uh, many CMS, you know, Medicare, Medicaid uh, related regulations that are compliance issues for these. So if an organization receives any Medicare or Medicaid funding, then they are required to meet compliance terms um, in those programs. And so there are a lot of use cases that those other client types, payers and, and providers use our platform to help them stay compliant with. Yeah, really, really fascinating. Um, 
So what do you think some of the, and maybe we've kind of talked about this already, but, and if so, you can just say so, but what do you think some of the biggest challenges that compliance leaders face? So a lot of our listeners are chief compliance officers. Uh, You know, they may interact with patient safety and quality programs. Um, A a lot of our our listeners probably are coming from uh, the hospital and, and health system type of space. Do you have any thoughts on what some of those biggest challenges might be? Yes. I mean, at the very meta level, I think one of the challenges that face compliance leaders is that there's often not a lot of investment made on staying compliant until you're in trouble already. Exactly. (laughs) And so trying to gain resources and support and convincing, you know, the decision makers around where to invest resources is a real challenge uh, for compliance leaders. Secondly, what we've learned from studying conversations and and millions of them is that human beings are are the ones carrying out those compliance um, expectations. And as you know, by by being an educator, people learn and understand what they're being taught differently. And so one of the biggest things we've uncovered is just not human beings aren't trying to be non-compliant. They That's just right. don't understand That's right. what, what the rules are, right? And so we've, right. we have uncovered just vast array of inconsistencies amongst the, the folks who, are, who have received training, but in deploying and executing what compliance really looks like and means. And so I think one of the challenges for compliance leaders is making sure that there is you know, really good common alignment of understanding of what those expectations are so that when an audit comes, that that you can be confident that there's a high degree of consistency and compliant behavior. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm going to take you back a little bit to the beginning of our conversation where we were talking about where that data comes from, because I'm kind of curious, you mentioned chats, emails, recorded conversations. Um like a patient portal, like if a patient is uh, communicating, you know, via the chat function in the patient portal, is is that mm-hmm. also included? Could you tell me a little bit more about where the data comes from um, and maybe some concerns like a compliance person might be like, whoa, I'm going to be listening in on somebody's conversation. Do that, does that person know you talked about, you know, consent and that sort of thing. Could you talk about kind of the privacy issue um, that compliance officers might have with analyzing this data so that the, the patients or the individuals don't feel like their big brother is watching. <laughs> sure. No, that's a really good question. So first, let me start with what, like in real life scenarios, what are these conversations? Um, so yes, they, you know, in today's world, most, most organizations have multiple ways you can communicate with them. It might be a portal chat. It might be an email it, and many cases, it's still a, a call center, right? right? And the types of well, the types of conversations. Well, if I'm calling to schedule my appointment, or if I'm getting registered for a surgery, and a, and a nurse has called me to pre-register, right? Or in an insurance situation, I received a claim or a bill, and I'm calling my insurance to understand why my insurance didn't pay the way I thought. Okay. Or I find out that I have a prior authorization on the service that my doctor just 
um, just prescribed and I need to go call my insurance company to understand how to get a prior authorization approved. Right. I mean, there's just endless use cases. There's nurse triage lines, all these types of, of, of things. And in all of them, patients are identifying themselves. So there's PII in many right. of them, there's personal health information being shared. Right. And in all of them, there's at least one or a handful of compliance requirements on the, the part of the organization who is having that conversation, right? Protecting their information, making sure they have consent right. to all of those things. So how compliance leaders become comfortable with analyzing this data source is first of all, you know, realizing the value that it can can bring to actually improve compliance rates um, by really studying at a granular level, macro and then granular. Why are there non-compliant conversations happening? And you know, you're only going to know the truth if you go to the truth, the source of the truth, right? So, sure. so there's first the use case, but in terms of protecting the data. Our technology, when we take in customer conversations, it has the ability to redact all personally identifying information in an automated way before it ever gets to human ears. So it can redact patient name, any credit card, any social security number, address, date of birth, all of that. Um, we also have the ability to do voice obfuscation, which means modulating the voice uh, such that you still keep the tone and you still can hear it clearly. It's just sure. not identifiable to the person. Okay. All of those are ways in which compliance leaders get comfortable with studying where the compliance issues are, understanding the quantity of them, the type of them, and then going deeper, listening to a few with direct ears to really understand that compliance is never a black and white matter that right. in conversations, there's a lot that can be left to interpretation. That's right. And if you don't like realize that as a compliance leader, you're kind of missing a really important part of how to move forward. Yeah. So um, like maybe on, help me understand if let's say I love the product, I want to buy it or rent or pay for it or whatever. Is yeah. it a cloud-based system? Are you coming in? Are you are we somehow funneling? So phone conversation recordings, we're funneling emails. Uh, tell me the mechanics of kind of setting up an organization's data that they have to your system and how that might work. Sure. So we are a software as a service company. Okay. Um, we are cloud-based. Um, we're in Azure. Um, and we, of course, because we work in healthcare, uh, we have had to pass all the tests from an info right. security perspective. Right. <laughs> um, and, and typically what we what we do is we work with our clients to identify what data sources need to be, they want to be uh, analyzed. And if they're phone conversations, we uh, receive recorded interactions from their telephony platform. Usually that is through a batched secure FTP process. And then for more sophisticated phone systems, you know, we can connect via an API and, and that data just flows into our platform. Um, so that's how it works. And then in chat platforms, there is typically a, uh, you know, a, an ability for batched uh, extraction of files. And there's a secure method that we provide that gets those files into our 
um, speech analytics platform. Okay. Yeah, really fascinating. Um, we're getting a little bit close to the end of our time, and I want to make sure that I'm allowing you to, you know, share some things that you want to share. Um, maybe you can tell us how people, and we can probably put these things in the show notes as well, um, how people can reach out, website, contact information. And then I'm going to ask you if you have any last thoughts of maybe something I didn't ask you that you really wanted to share um, about the service or, or those types of things. But as far as contact information, it, it, website? Sure. Yeah. Our website is authentics.com. Authentics is spelled A-U-T-H-E-N-T-I-C-X.com. And uh, you can find me, Amy Brown, on LinkedIn. So I'm happy to connect with your listeners. Great. So, you know, I, we, this, this also always happens to me. I, I get so talkative and <laughs> I'm interested in what I wanted to hear and say, but what are some things that you were wanting to share that maybe I didn't ask? Hmm. Such a great question. Well, first I'll say that it is possible to, um, to use this technology without feeling like you have to boil the ocean as a compliance leader. I find that many compliance leaders or any buyer of our, our technology sometimes feel like it's so sophisticated that that maybe they're not ready for it. Right. And I would just say, you know, what what we help our clients do is pick a narrow, small use case and let's experiment and make sure that you're getting the value from it. Um, I would encourage compliance leaders to really think about how they can leverage AI to make their jobs easier. Um, everybody is always trying to figure out how to do more with less resources. And this is a really great way to do that. The other thing I would say is that, and maybe this is just an emphasis on an earlier point, conversations are such a rich source of understanding as to why maintaining compliance is so challenging. Because when you have a human and a human, interacting, there's emotion, there's empathy, there's um, scenarios that weren't imagined up in the training program that you took. Right. And one of the most important things that compliance leaders can do is to understand the reality of the scenarios that their workforce is put in so that they can create and improve upon training programs with real life scenarios so that the folks who are, are responsible for carrying out that compliance training, um, you know, have a really good understanding before they, they go out there and perform. And so I would just say there's, there's so much, so much goodness in, in leaning into this data set and um, you can really improve your compliance program very, very quickly if you, if you use it. Yeah. I really like that comment you made about how the conversations um, can be interpreted in many different ways. So, you know, I've read transcripts of conversations and you're, you don't have the emotion, you don't have the context necessarily. And just reading words doesn't always give you kind of the, the response that, that you think. And um, one application I was wondering about, um, maybe we can end on this question is, so a lot of compliance programs have um, software uh, and or like a hotline, right? Where people can call in, they can anonymously report issues, that sort of thing. And, and, and or 
a compliance professional is typing in a summary of the case or the issue. I'm assuming that type of data could also be analyzed. Is that Absolutely. Any kind of text-based data, free text, unstructured data can be analyzed. Um, Conversational data is most informative because you have a back and forth and you really understand the, the, the source. Like the note is, if you're taking a note, it's still one person's perspective on what just happened. It's reflective of what happened. Yeah, good point. Whereas a conversation, you're hearing it as it's unfolding and you're hearing both sides of the conversation. And so we just find that that's a more helpful data source to go to. Okay. For understanding. Yeah. So then if, if somebody, so maybe somebody would, you know, they're convinced of what you just said, the compliance program may decide, maybe I need to start recording these phone calls as opposed to just typing up a summary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And many, many, many healthcare organizations record all of their calls. And there are really um, consumer accepted ways of informing that consumer that their conversation is being recorded. Yeah. Well, this has been fascinating, Amy. I'm so happy that I uh, got to meet you and learn a little bit about this. I think it's very timely. I think it's, you know, the concept of using AI, as I mentioned at the beginning, is one that's being discussed uh, in compliance leadership circles, um, you know, doing things smarter, doing things more efficiently, uh, and using all the data at our at our fingertips. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, CJ. Really appreciate the conversation. Thank you. And to all our listeners, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Until next time, be healthy, be safe, and be compliant. Take care, everyone. Compliance Conversations is sponsored by Healthicity. Healthicity designs software and services that simplify compliance and auditing challenges that reduce your risk and save you money. Where others see complexity, we see simplicity. For more information, visit healthicity.com.